Finding Family is a podcast that uses personal storytelling to explore and dissect the definition of family. Centering on the voices of BIPOC individuals, my hope is that we can contribute to the societal definitions of family, use storytelling to deepen our authentic personal understanding, to uplift and heal through sharing, and to make a global impact on our communities through these conversations. Thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to join me on Instagram at Finding Family Podcast or on my website at findingfamily.buzzsprout.com. Well, thanks for agreeing to do this. I know that you've listened in and, you know, you've heard a couple of these uh, episodes and thanks for doing that. Thanks for listening and thanks for agreeing to do this today. No problem. Happy to be another gem Uh, (laughs) for your podcast. (laughs) I have lots of gems. Yes. Um, Well, well, yeah, you know, obviously we've known each other for a long time, but why don't you introduce yourself for all of the all of the listeners out there yeah i'm jen jen cruz <laughs> um known bernie for a long time i don't know what you you want to know i'm who are you where are you come where do you come from yeah where, you know what are you up to these days no problem so i am from the great great town of wapato in <laughs> the lower yakima valley um grew up there did everything down the valley, kind of moved around in the valley as I got a little older in high school, but definitely a Wapato res girl. Um, went to undergrad at SU. That's where I met you. Yeah. And many of the other people <laughs> that were on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then wrapped up things there and took off to India, lived in Delhi for a bit, mm-hmm. came back to Seattle, and then packed up again, this time with Maple my wiener dog and took <laughs> off to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thought I would test out the Midwest for a little bit. Personally yeah. would not recommend, did not love that for <laughs> myself. Other people that might be their, their path, but not for me. Bread and butter. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then ended up in Boston. And so now I'm here now and kind of bounced around pretty much for school and academic opportunities, um, doing Fulbright and then grad school and now in my PhD program at, unfortunately, Harvard. <laughs> I was like, you have to say it. I know, you can't I just say, say you're in Boston. in Boston. I'm going to grad school in Boston. I'm going to grad school in Boston. But my campus is in Boston. So I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, I go to Harvard, which is in Cambridge. But I, I go to, I'm in Longwood. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at now, and yeah, yeah it's been quite wild. the journey. Quite yeah. the journey across across the world, across the United States, the lower forty-eight. You know, yeah. I I know I know some of this story, but uh, tell me more about what it was like for you to grow up in Wapato, in Washington, on a res, on an Indian reservation. What was that like? it was wild. It was was great. It was fun. I think it it motivates me and is why I do what I do. And I think a lot, I think, especially now being in a setting and a context that I just like never even 
thought like I never I know a lot of people yeah. like oh Harvey was my dream or I never thought it was possible like I never even once crossed my mind like we weren't told that right. was a possibility like graduating high school was the goal um so now to be mm. here and then be in places where we're like talking about things that are directly impacting where I'm from and my friends and my family um and yeah. studying public health in the midst of a pandemic and <laughs> while Roe v. Wade is being turned over and <laughs> Climate change apparently doesn't exist anymore. Not um, a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a big deal at all. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely, yeah, where I grew up, it kind of continues to be why I do things. Um, yeah. But growing up, it was really, I don't think I ever, I didn't understand until I left that it wasn't the norm. Yeah. That, like growing up in a super high poverty, um, mm. low level of education, like none of us, like there wasn't an expectation to go to school. School. we had a lot of those like college readiness programs with like gear up and stuff yeah. that aimed at getting us there but it's very much like the marginalized students we're going to get them to go to UW like our, mm. I spent all of like middle school and high school visiting WSU and UW and going back and forth and those were like that's where you go to school um yeah those are your choices right yeah those are our choices but then no one actually preparing us really for what mm. like going to college meant or what it was Mm. but it was more about like these are jobs that you could have like our senior year econ class was how to open a bank account how to balance your checkbook which now I'm oh. thinking like yeah thank god I learned that yeah, um, yeah because I wouldn't have otherwise but those were like that was it like we didn't have textbooks really or I had like at oh, one wow. point one of my my siblings are eight 12 and 15 years older and I like had their textbooks when I was mm. in school just like super outdated <laughs> Wow. Uh, so it was just like very different, but I didn't really like none of us noticed. And even mm. just like how I kind of fit, was fitting into that community, like having family background of one side having Mexican heritage and then my mom being directly from England and kind of this weird situation mm. of being white and being in a space that was predominantly brown and that being like Filipino and native and Mexican mm. and just like this huge mix of very, very different cultures and a really high immigrant population from all over um, yeah. and being like, oh, I think now that I kind of look back and like, well, it makes sense why I, like how I ended up here mm. uh, at heart. Like it was very much like, obviously the system was made for people that look like me and I can move through but growing up, it was very much of like, I still checked the Hispanic box <laughs> and still. Was oh yeah, it makes and sense. Ha- yeah. Um, and never really considered it because like me and one other or a few other white kids that were all mixed to some extent. It was mm. very strange growing up. But now I go home and it's like, I have this different understanding of where I'm from, mostly mm. because of what I study and what I do and how I think about things and think about systems of oppression and injustice like it's always at the front of my mind but when I go home I'm like oh wow I like I like going home and visiting the food is significantly better (laughs) so much better Um, like it's comfortable I'm from there Um, yeah but it's still very strange of growing up there and now being where I am of like ooh, yeah polarities I'm sure polarities oh so (laughs) polarized I want to get back to the food because that's always, you know, especially where, where you grew up, it's, you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of, you know, it's farmland and there's like a lot mm-hmm. of agriculture happening there. So, you know, all of that, but also just growing up 
in a brown community, essentially, mm-hmm. like of and and the importance of food and you know and folks of color. Yeah. Um, you said that um, you were your your siblings were significantly older than you when you were growing up. Did that make like a significant impact? Do you think in on your life to be the youngest with siblings that were much older than you were? Yeah, I think that it's, it's if you meet me and all of my siblings, if we're all in one place, it's very clear that I. I'm very, I wouldn't say like different, but mm. just kind of, I grew up in a very different generation. Like my oldest brother's in his forties. Huh. Um, everyone else is, they're much closer to 40 and I'm not even 30. Uh, so there's a, yeah. a big enough of a gap there. And, you know, my, my mom died when I was 13 mm-hmm. and they were all adults. And so they had been raised and were grown oh, and were like doing wow. things. Yeah. And I was in like the worst age range, like yeah terrible yeah horrible and just like so confused of everything that was going on Mm. and then being kind of like I ended up moving in with my sister a couple months Mm. after my mom passed away and she was at a very like formative age like she was early 20s like trying to live her best life and then became responsible for a teenager um so it's just like we're very different in that I mean we they were raised by two parents and I was raised by my sister um mm. and even then like I won't even say that I was raised just by my sister like I was raised by a community of people yeah like, I would spend time during the summer with my oldest brother and go for like a week at a time like a couple weeks out of the summer which was always really fun um I had teachers that totally stepped up like mm. having siblings that went through the same school district and being from a small like farming town like people don't move and so like right. teachers knew my mom they knew our family um my dad mm. and uncle my grandpa we all graduated from the same high school so we all wow. knew like everyone know, like, there's not that many and there's lots of families there but like we yeah. were known in the small town so it was very much of like those people stepped in they took care of me and still like I still call them all the time like there's a handful <laughs> of people that it's like I call and check in like once a week or every couple of weeks mm. or when anything anything like anything big happens um because they're still super important but I also keep a hold of people like you from SU like at each stage (laughs) of like people that have continued to raise me (laughs) I (laughs) definitely I mean you see me step on a bagel like I'm a mess 90% of the time so I just need some ushering to get through yeah we all do right Yeah, yeah that's it's super important I think I think that's that's the thing that I've I really appreciate about growing up particularly with in immigrant parents is that that's sort of like unknown that you have to be surrounded by a lot of people that I always had like aunts and uncles that weren't really related to me that just sort of ushered me and said like, we care about you. So, um, so I totally get that sentiment. I think that's sort of like a, a like a BIPOC sort of approach to, mm-hmm. to raising people, even if you present as white, which you do, um, you still come from this community. It was like, you know, you're, we're going to feed you. We're going to help you out. We're going to help you where we can. Yeah. Um, and you reciprocate that. That's a, that's a big part of it too, is that you're not just, you're not going to forget, right? Like you're not on the res, but you're on the res always, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah. And I like, I grew up in a joint family, which I didn't really think right. about mm. much of growing up because everybody had their grandparents and great grandparents, oh. but like we had essentially like a compound and it was like our house. <laughs> my great grandparents and then my grandparents oh, and it was wow. just like across the driveway like 
gravel mm. and goat heads and just like sprinting across in the middle of the summer to go and see them like there's no babysitters either yeah. my siblings watched me or it was like mm, just walk over there someone's home yeah. like if someone, she's not someone, there, yeah or like mom calls and she's like oh, i have to go and do this thing jed's coming over and i would just like go to someone's house yeah. um, which is like very different because then i think about as i got older and i like left left the compound <laughs> or like moved with my sister but even now it's like i i don't nobody's raised like that and now living in urban yeah. settings it's like so strange right. yeah. um but then when i'm like i go to india and that's the norm again and right. they're like shocked like my friends are like wow you grew up in a joint family that's what we do that's not an american thing i'm like that's true it's not not an american thing that i didn't realize until yeah. like growing up and leaving yeah I was going to ask you, you know, you sort of went into this and if there was a marked difference between, you know, growing up until age 13 and then growing up after age 13, after this kind of pivotal moment with your mom, um, do you, do you remember other things or do you, do you, do you notice like the difference? Do you remember the differences between those two times? Yeah, I think it, it just like, I think I was already like, probably like fair fairly independent I mean I was like 13 so of course like chip on my shoulder um but I was like super super shy growing up like I didn't order my own oh. food in restaurants until I was like 12 which is like way too late like I mm. would or if I got like embarrassed I just wouldn't talk I wouldn't talk to strangers oh, I wouldn't wow. talk. until I was because my mom totally babied me because I was uh, the youngest like wouldn't mm. let me do sports because I, did, I could get hurt like oh. <laughs> to the extent of like very very coddled <laughs> Um, but then like when she got sick and I was like in like fifth grade, the first time she got sick. And so it kind of shifted yeah. of like, you know, I, she couldn't take care of me the same way. Right. And so other people kind of like stepped up and my sister was like taking care of her and taking care of us. And we had lots of family friends coming in and kind of supporting that mm. in a small town, like people would like watch out and do stuff as they could. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was very much like afterwards. It's also like summer, like she died in May and then hmm. we got out for school. Like I took a couple weeks off, went back and then we were in summer break and it's like, Ooh, and you, you don't like talk to your friends over the summer when you live in the middle of a field. Um, <laughs> so like fairly isolated and just trying to yeah. kind of piece things together. And then a couple months after that being like, okay, now I, I live with my sister and like a huge, huge difference of like, what does this yeah. mean? Or going from like even right after she died, like hmm. it was just like me and my dad living in the house. And so doing like my own laundry and doing yeah. stuff in the kitchen. And then when I lived with my sister, like I love cooking, but I don't think I would be good at it. Like I, not that I'm saying like I'm a chef, but right, I think right. compared, like once we were in like college and my friends were like, how do you know how to do this? Like you can cook things and it tastes good. Like you're not just making like mac and cheese. I'm like, no, we're gonna eat this like salmon fillet and <laughs> ro and roasted asparagus. Like not difficult things, but because yeah. I I had to. And like my sister was working and going to school, and she was a newlywed. Like got married a few months mm. after my mom died, and then I came along. Wow. So just like I think it was a very much like okay, now this is how I I care for myself. Um, yeah. so it was very different and also just like no time to process, like just jumped right into it, which later yeah. caught up with me, but yeah, 
I, yeah, if I know anything about you is that you are incredibly independent um, and, you know, a traumatic experience like losing a parent can like be the, the driver of that sort of trait, right? It's, maybe it's not something that you, you know, came into, but it's something that, you know, developed in you because of necessity, which is mm-hmm. a big deal. And then in the context, like as you're painting this picture, right, like the context of being you know, in, in the community that you were in and also having this happen and then also living with your sister. I mean, it's so fascinating. Yeah. So fascinating. There's a lot of stuff like during, and it's very much like you grow up in a small community and it's like wrap, yeah. like wraparound care. Like I was totally yeah. consumed and it was not like a weird way, but it was like stuff. Like I grew up with some of my best friends from preschool all the way yeah. through senior year. And they were all Filipino and they're like, Oh, join the Filipino club. We've learned dances. So I like know how to do tinickling and I know how to do candle. You know how to say it correctly too. Because I know how to do it. Except I was always doing the stick because I was strong, a big, strong girl (laughs) that could do it. Um, And it was just like all these things I'm like, oh, like otherwise, like, why would I do it? It was because I was like, anytime there was some sort of like resource or fun thing, like the friends, but it wasn't even just them. It was like their parents. Right. Of like watching out of like, who am I going to study with? Like one of my other best friends growing up, I was just on like a group chat with her and her mom and our other really good friend. And it's just like nonsense. But the fact that I'm, I'm still in contact with these people who raised me Yeah. in a way that yeah. it's like, I don't, I know that they view it and they're like very, very proud. And yeah. I'm sure to some extent, like very shocked, but <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, oh, she's, she's out there, but she's gone way above the expectations. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that you went beyond your own ex- expectations, but also just like beyond what that community can even really fathom in a lot of ways or like dream about in a lot of ways. I mean, you went to a private Catholic institution in Seattle. You went to a large school <laughs> in the Midwest that I will not say. <laughs> we don't talk about them. And then you went to, you know, one of the Ivy League's you know, that's that those are huge strides, Jen. It's wild. It is wild. But you but you, you know, I think that the thing that I heard from you too is that you try to keep it real. Like you're just like, but I'm from Wapato, right? Like oh yeah. There's like a pride that you have almost about oh, yeah. that. I love Wapato. But I think like so much of growing up there, like in the valley, like there's all these towns. So it's like starts at Sila yeah. and ends down crosser before like there's a there's a lot of school that's kind of like who we played sports against I'd be like okay this is the valley but people (laughs) are really mean and just Mm. as soon as they find out that you're from there you're automatically different even into Mm. college I experienced this like there's not a lot of people from Yakima SU yeah but it would be enough that I would see someone's sweatshirt and like recognize it and be like oh you went to Ike you went to Davis or you went here and they're like oh my god where did you go like oh I'm from Wapato I'd be like oh (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm like yeah or like there's a mission trip mm. to Wapato or like a alternative oh, spring break right right and people would come back and be like oh I'm like like wow you made it you're from there like you made it and I'm like mm. like we're not uh. mm. <laughs> so it just it's yeah. like irritating it is like yeah. such a bad rap of like yeah, we're like super scrappy and we're gonna like 
stick up for ourselves. Yeah. But and then there's all those concerns about like exactly the town being like it's unsafe. It's and it's like, well, if you actually examine the context, like what is it like, why is it that way? It's like right. But there's no resources because it's not invested in because people don't right. take pride in it and it's easy to just kind of bulldoze it and then you overlay what's already there with it being on a reservation which just is like super complicated and the history there is super complicated but it wasn't until I like left and have gone to these schools that like pushed me to be like this is why this is the case it's not you it's not the people because in reality right. like we're super resilient like if it was actually the case that we were all those things we wouldn't be there right so anytime if you like look on harvard's website or any of my like bios like i would say like 50, like 75 to 80 percent given the <laughs> chance and the word limit i'll always say i'm from wapato a yeah. place that like raised me and continues to inspire my work whether that's like academic or organizing they're very yeah. there's nobody nobody's from there and everyone wants to talk about poor brown communities yeah the minute someone is from one it yeah. changes. It's like, ooh. Yeah. It's kind of like new and um, new and like the in thing to talk about brown, like helping brown communities. Yeah. I mean, it's always been, like you said, like with mission trips and churches, it's always been sort of like, we need to help these people. But the new, the new like wave of, you know, inclusion efforts is like, oh, let's, you know, let's make sure that we acknowledge, right? Like even like mm-hmm. land acknowledgements and all those things. Like it's still like, talking about those people over yeah. there right it's like, like it's oh land us. acknowledgement not land back like it's like right oh, we're, right we're gonna keep right. your land and we're gonna acknowledge that this was and you were this this was really messed up we're gonna and, acknowledge it yep. yeah we're gonna acknowledge it and <laughs> and we're gonna move on with our event and here's right. the mascot and here's the right <laughs> we're not gonna change the mascot but we are just gonna acknowledge that it's messed up yeah cool cool <laughs> Um, I would imagine with a background like yours, you know, it probably the the way you know, I'm, I'm wondering how you formulate like what family means to you with that background, like with all of that layered context, like how how do you define like family for yourself? I think it's like super broad, like to me, like, yeah, like if I would be like, oh, my family, when I referred to that, it's like, that's my immediate family. Like I have yeah. two brothers I have a sister they all have partners from like have kids my grandparents um mm-hmm. like that would I'd be like that's like my family but, like I talk so much more about community because like yeah. a community raised me like it wasn't yeah. to put to say like this is family because everyone has this thing that automatically comes to mind of like it's your it's nuclear it's this it's right. this but also like the community I came from it was like who you came from was so much more important hmm. it's like it's not like, oh, I'm Jen. It's like, and even now when I go home, if I recognize someone or they see me and they're like, mm, and I'm like, oh, like I'm Sheila's daughter. Mm. Um, I'm Tim and Pat's granddaughter. Like that's how I introduce myself. Like who mm. I am actually doesn't really matter. In the Your name thing. even. Doesn't yeah. Even like it doesn't even really, it's like who yeah. am I related to? Which yeah. like makes a lot of sense given like the, the cultures of like where yeah. I grew up and where I come from. And so when I come into these spaces where it's like, what's your name who are your what are your credentials it's like oh jen cruz mph phd student like it's (laughs) it's so uncomfortable to like wear that and i'm like oh like no like i 
it's where like who I'm from and so then it's like it builds out of like who do, who would I consider like who would I call when I have exciting things to say yeah so I call you I call yeah. like, people from high school I call people from that other university that I went to <laughs> in Ann Arbor and um, I love this <laughs> <laughs> and I like those are the people that regardless of how old I am like I could be like a grown adult woman and still be like yeah like these people they raised me like they're people yeah. in India yeah. like mentors and friends like it's just a and even my like really close friends like people yeah. that call me out on things that's like oh this is like an area for growth like you need to do better like I need mm. you to show up in this way whether it makes you comfortable or not like mm. those people like that sense of community is like so much more of what I would be like that like like that yeah. is also family, but because now after moving to like an urban area where who you're with doesn't matter, who you're from doesn't matter. It's like so much more transactional. Totally. That's when I think I kind of shifted to that like family thing. That and where I grew up, like everyone knew who I was. Everyone right. knew because yeah. like, oh, it's that white girl with the Mexican last name. Oh, it's Jen. <laughs> like literally I've been there forever. And right. even then nobody really called me Jen and like my Letterman's jacket said Jen, but like everyone called me by my full name like it was almost exclusively jennifer cruz or jen oh. cruz like it was oh it's always yeah, yeah, like yeah. full name yeah interesting mm -hmm. i i want to talk about india because i know that that was such a like a it sounds like it was such a pivotal moment in your experience of life and, and family too um but just to just to name that you know um i think in a lot of ways, yes, there's a there's a definitely a race component to this, but there's such a class component to this too, to your story. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, you know, even even in this podcast, we haven't really talked. I haven't really gone into the whole class conversation. But mm -hmm. I wonder if you have thoughts about, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, the implications of class and and yeah. how that that shapes this. But I think in a lot of ways, like family and community in in um, maybe the class systems that you and I have experienced are kind of the same thing. It's like, mm -hmm. you're not, you're not going to make the delineation of like, well, you are, if we had to, you know, sort of intellectualize, it would be like, here's my, like you did, like my, here's my nuclear family. Here are the people that, you know, I'm blood related mm -hmm. to. And then here's everybody else that I am like emotionally still connected to in, in ways that families are. So um, I, I wonder if you have thoughts about the the class components of your experience. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it plays a huge role. Just a small question. Just a, just a small, just a little, a little. Just a little, a little blip there. Yeah. yeah. But it's so important. Yeah, no, it's super important. Because I think it's like the way that I share things, like I always give whatever I have. And that could be, and, and food. Food is such a huge yeah, thing to me. Yeah. Because like, you know, we, we grew up in an agriculture area like our family like we farmed we didn't have a huge farm but we had like yeah. chickens my brother like mm -hmm. raised pigs one time for, uh, for ffa and but we had like tomatoes and peppers and yeah. beans and we like grew a lot of food and then mm -hmm. my dad like we didn't make i mean we were super low income like super high poverty area yep like i don't know exactly how much money we had because i was a child but like we were yeah. poor. there were six of us we lived in a single wide trailer um that my dad because my dad and grandpa and uncle did construction they kind of like built on like as kids mm. came 
So it's like mm-hmm. first, okay, we're gonna add on like a bedroom. So then yeah. it was like the single wide trailer with like this weird attachment of like a bedroom and then a fa- larger family room. And then, but it just kept adding up. But the base is still a single wide trailer. Yeah. Um, which is just so, I mean, it's just very different than I would like see all these giant, like move to Seattle. It's like craftsmen and townhouses. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Two know, rich stories. People. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the way that I like kind of think about like my resources, like what do I have to give? And like, I have yeah. time. And I still like, I don't have a ton of money, but I have like huge scarcity mindset issues and still like yeah. totally restrict like what I'm doing. But when it comes to like people, like everyone I grew up around was poor. There was like a couple people that were, their parents had um, like companies or like construction companies. And so they had like a bit more money, but we were all in it together. Mm. still from the same place and kind of had the stamp of Wapato regardless. Yeah. But like we were super poor we didn't have a lot like i didn't get box cereal we got the big old bags mm. of cereal oh yeah all meal ones oh yeah it, yeah like that was it and my dad would do work for people to like fix their roofs or to like add a wall to something and we would be paid mm. in fish like if they were native yeah. they were enrolled in the tribe like we had fresh salmon all the time so then yeah. i go to like these fancy places in seattle and try their salmon and it's trash like, it's not even good. <laughs> like, it's not even that good. Like, but yeah. it's very different. And I think it, like it's very clear to me now. Like, I, I didn't really understand it going into college. I didn't even understand. Like, I'm like, okay, I got yeah. financial aid, and I'm going to take these loans out, and I guess I can afford to go to school. And then I graduated, and I'm like, it was still cheaper than me to go to it because I had tuition covered. Right. But I was taking loans out to live in Seattle. Right. And so I graduated with debt but I had debt just to live because I didn't have the resources mm. like someone was paying my rent and my rent was super cheap and right. I had food stamps I had food stamps yeah. through my master's program and like continuously until now where I'm like paid to go to school and have somewhat of an idea of what I'm doing but when I like I feel like as I've moved up this wild social ladder and now I'm kind mm. of like I don't know what's like fancier or shiner at the top rung than Harvard or like in everyone's yeah. mind here. Like that's where yeah. we belong to be. And I'm like, mm, I want to be down here. Like I'm going to yeah. go to like the open air market on Saturday. I'm going to go to Haymarket. I'm going to buy my slightly overripe produce and I'm going to pay a dollar because I refuse to go to the grocery store and spend that much money. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I don't like, I, it's gotten so much clearer that just the way that people are raised and like, yeah. like who they are and their worldviews because of the class that they grew up in is just drastically different. And yeah. it's hard. It's hard to be in community with those folks to be like, you have a, like your family has a boat and a beach house. <laughs> like you have more than one, ha- just to skip the boat. You have more than one house. So first of all, yeah. you have a house. Like yeah. you all, your family owns a house. Totally And then that. your family yeah. owns two houses and a boat. And you have like, so how many animals? it just is wild because I just yeah I have such a hard time so I'm like wow like we grew up and I wouldn't say that I grew up without like I grew up with less yeah Yeah. but when you grow up in a community like that you share everything like I would take the bus but once we got a little bit older I needed to get to school to like before school things or Mm-hmm. like some one of my neighbors that lived in the next field on the other side of the field uh, <laughs> we started to like carpool and her mom would pick me up and so it was like a luxury that someone would be like oh I'm yeah. taking my kids to school I'll drop your kid off too 
And then as I kind of like went up through high school, it was like, we shared everything. We shared food and like, just like resources. Spending the night, if anyone needed somewhere to stay, like if there was an emergency, you could just like show up. If you needed gas money, like someone's parents would chip in. Um, yeah. So it was very different because now it's like, fend for yourself always. And in a yeah. place that's like overly competitive for no reason, people like hoard yeah. resources or they don't want to share them. And yeah. you, like, it makes you look better. People think that you're like out to get them when you're like, oh, I found this opportunity. I think you should apply. I think this is a good fit for you. Like I'm not going to apply mm. or I am going to apply, but I would like to go through this process with you. And it comes off as like, well, why, why, why are you doing this? This has to give you mm. some sort of advantage. Yeah. Which is just so gross. Cause it's like, I'm just here to share. Yeah. How have you found, you know, <laughs> my mind, even just in your explanation of that and the class dynamic and all the other dynamics that are there, how do you create, how did you like create a family that feels authentic to you in the environment like Harvard, where it's like competitive and it's like, it bucks up against this like very like American way of individualism and sort of anti the sort of story that you have about growing up. It's, I'm still doing that. I guess not yeah. even anywhere. I think that in the past, <laughs> like couple of months is probably like the most comfortable or like supportive I've felt mm. from either like friends or even faculty members. I think it's just like, I mean, going to like a small Jesuit school where like who you are is part of your education. Yeah. And then to be at somewhere where like you're extracting information and you're regurgitating or you're creating new mm. knowledge and that's how you interact with people. And it's mm. a, it's a only professional relationship, which is really hard for me. Yeah. Because like, I, not that I like, I like, I can put up boundaries. Like there's people that mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you are a professional person, but when it comes to like people that I like trust, like I'm not going to work with someone I don't trust. Mm. And if you're not going to open up to me and like, tell me about like where you're from, who your family is. Like if we, and then that comes across as like, because it's academia, so you have to label, like if you're not going to share your positionality yeah. then, and it's like, no, I don't want to know your positionality statement. Yeah. Like, save yeah. that for whatever paper in whatever journal <laughs> you think is Whatever really important. intellectualized way of yeah. talking about it. Right? And it's like, no, I just want to know who you are. And yeah. Well, that's where the trust is for you. Right. Yeah. Like I need to know, I need to know who you're yeah. from. And that's yeah. like, and once I was able to kind of like find people who were willing to be vulnerable and like, yeah. just talk and like, not talk about stats and not talk about <laughs> like Harvard, Harvard or not talk about dissertations. And like, yes, mm. it's such an important part of like our lives, like yeah. giving everything. It's like, we sacrifice a lot to do this and I've given up so much of myself to do it, yeah. but like trying to reclaim that and being like you can do this. And so now I'm finding people, like I'm finding faculty members that I work mm. with who are genuinely invested in me, but it's so slow and it's mm. so much harder than anywhere else that I've been. And I think wow. that's really tied to that class bit of like, yeah. you know, you keep your family close and who you rely on for support and help is your family. And that's because it's unprofessional to ask for help outside of that mm. versus like, if I don't understand something, I'm not going to like be like, oh, I'm not going to, most people will just like keep it to themselves. No one asks questions in class. 
nobody like stops meetings to be like, hey, can we, can you explain where you're going at with this? They're like, I'm confused what's going on. Yeah. And then it, because people are like, they're afraid it makes them look bad or God forbid that they just don't know something. Yeah. And I think it's just the mentality, like everyone, like, oh, everyone's going to think that I'm dumb, but I'm here and I can't be. But now it's become perceived like, in so, that way. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny because people will be like, oh, I did something that I learned from you. And I asked, I asked for help or I said that I had a deficit. And I was like, you had to learn that from me. Like some of these people are like, <laughs> in, like they're like full blown adults. Like, yeah. And it, it makes me, it's, I'm not like shocked, but I'm so sad. Yeah. And I'm like, is this what? Because then I'm like, okay, well, I've climbed up this like social ladder. I don't want to <laughs> like if this yeah. is what you lose like yeah. not that I like have plans for kids anytime sooner to have like a family or yeah. anything but like how how do you avoid doing that like how do you yeah like, it's so bad because so many people I'm like wow you have grown up with so little like you have a lot a lot yeah. of tangible things and a lot of resources and you have security yeah but you are so confined to like people who because family's like not always going to treat you amazing no, no and that's fine but you still love them and you <laughs> right. still care for them yeah but they're still a part to, of you yes and you but you have the offer there's so many people that you can go to and find that and it's so yeah. sad when it's like even here like now I'm I mean it's the first year I was completely online like it's the middle of the pandemic right I picked right. up and moved here I knew no one I was in this room all the day all the time reading and doing me- stats and <laughs> lectures and like it was super isolating but yeah. I had roommates and they were super wonderful and started to like build friends online and then we got to come in person mm-hmm. but school's like so overwhelming and so now mm-hmm. that it's like technically summer I've kind of passed all these like the check marks or like the barriers yep. or whatever it is I had to so far <laughs> yeah definitely barriers more so the check boxes um <laughs> But it's it's wild because I'm like yeah, it's a tension, yeah. It's a huge tension. It's and a it's, tension. Like it's taking me a long time to identify it and to be like, well, this mm-hmm. is why, like I'm uncomfortable and I have a hard time. But it's also something that it's like I can't make people change and be like, you need to be nicer to me. And that yeah. starts with going to get drinks and telling me where <laughs> you grew up and what's your mom's middle name like yeah they're not, yeah they're not totally. gonna do it because it like it needs to be natural but the yeah. people who have been able to do that and that are so kind and but i feel like like we're all unlearning what we had to do for the past two oh, years yeah because absolutely. of the like like what we're doing and who we are and now we're like getting back to it but it's it's like a major work in progress to be like do I feel comfortable in Boston more so now than I did a year ago? Sure. Does it feel like home? No. Like the mm. farthest thing from it, which mm. I think like I have to be here for at least another two years. Right. Um, so it could, it could be that I like actually maybe something clicks or I meet the right people and yeah, but it's hard. So much yeah. harder. And it's also the East coast. Oh Yes very different like that where you in grew up. itself <laughs> it's like says a yes. lot and i'm like wow like, it's so everything's so fast mm. all i yes. want to do is wear my birkenstocks and <laughs> be a west like, coast person <laughs> be a west coast person like not brush my hair and wear yeah. my 
Oh, wear a color. <laughs> yeah, wear color. Wear color. Not black. <laughs> Jeez. I, yeah, it's it's so fascinating to me that you bring that up because it it is one of those places that I'm like, wow, I have you and I have experienced this sort of uh, different version of community and family than you know the America that we grew up in, in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. sort of the dominant story of America, right? Which is like Mm -hmm. rugged individualism, quote unquote, and toxic masculinity and all of these things that kind of run our lives. And I'm like, in a lot of ways, I'm, I, I feel bad that there are people that have not experienced having that many people care about your success, right? Like having that many people you know, pitch in to have that kind mm-hmm. of community, to have that level of right to grow your own food, right? And to, you know, to till your own soil in a lot of ways. Hold on a second. <laughs> hi, bud. <laughs> can we say hi and then you can go downstairs? Jen. Can you say hi? Can you say hello? Hello. Hello. She can't hear you. She said hello. Where did you go? Hello. Where did you come from? To school. Yeah. What did you learn? Stars and stripes. Oh, that's stars and stripes. How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? She's in. She's in Boston. She had to. If she. If we went to see her, we'd have to go take a plane. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a plane? Anyway, what I was saying was. <laughs> What happened was I I feel sort of bad for people who haven't experienced that level of depth of community and family and that extended family. Like I'm grateful that I had, particularly on my Filipino side, like this like wide swath of moms. That's what I basically what I call them. Like anytime I went anywhere and they were there, they were like, How are you? Did you eat yet? Did you do this? Right? The food thing mm-hmm. again. Right. How was your school? Right. It's like, and then, you know, just having all these people that, you know, I, I don't know, I was talking to my sister and she's like, I didn't know that they weren't actually our aunts. Like they're not actually related to us. Like they, but they are in this other sort of, you know, communal way. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Cause I'm like, I, I try to create that with my community. Right. And I, and I, I run into some of those, you know, places um, where folks don't understand that. Right. I'm like, no, but you are part of my community now. So mm-hmm. therefore you're part of this like larger family. And it's like sort of foreign, um, particularly yeah. for folks who've never experienced that before. And it's like, it cracks me. Cause it's like very, or like as people learn about it and they're yeah. like, Oh, I really like that idea. Like my friends and my family and I can do this. Yeah. But then you also see it's like, Oh, but you automatically will default to like your family comes first. Yeah. And that's like your nuclear family. Yes. And it's like, I don't like discount it at all. Yeah. But I think that a lot of like, for me, it's like when I come to Washington, it's not like I'm like seeing friends, like I'm seeing everyone. Like I go and see you. I go and see like yeah. my best friends from college. I see people that I coach rowing that became friends when I'm home. <laughs> I see like my best friend's parents, whether she's there or not, I'll just show right. up at their house. Like they don't know. I'm, it's surprise. I'm here. Yeah. Um, it's so like meaningful from high school. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. those are really important relationships and yeah. like just feeling. Yeah. Like it's, it's so sad. I, I do feel really sad yeah. for people that haven't experienced yeah. that and that it's not the norm. 
It's it like, is. Oh, yes. like it's super. Like you have to have a lot of resources to stay nuclear and to do it successfully. Yeah. yeah. But if you're, and that includes like, you know, I don't know, just like people, if you just don't like to ask for help, I'm asking yeah. for help all the time. I know. And it's not hard because people know that I genuinely care about them. And if they need help, they can ask me. Yeah. And that's like how I navigate, which I haven't mm. really realized. It's like, if people are asking me for something, it's because they know I'm going to do it. Or I'm the first person that came to mind. They're like, oh, Jen can help with this. Yeah. And I will also remember that because I'm not going to forget. And I'm like, mm, you remember that one time I did that thing for you? And here's your opportunity. <laughs> but that's yeah. how it was. It's like, yeah. you did this thing for me. Do, and it doesn't have to yeah. be anything exciting. It's not keeping tabs. It's just being, you know, in community with each other. Yeah, that's how it works. It's like everyone yeah. in and we all have different resources. Like anybody wants to go to grad school. Anybody's kid wants like, usually now I'm like, just like the academic person. It's like, my kid's going to college. Can you help me? Right. Or I'm trying to figure this out. Or I'm traveling like things that I, that I've done and experience yeah. that I've like gotten like comfortable with like that. That's what it comes down to. Um, yeah. But it's very, it's hard. Totally. I, I think too, that, you know, it, it's, it's so fascinating to me that, you know, you and I work in academic settings and we found these words that we use to kind of describe like what you're, what you're describing is like what folks would, say pay it forward and in my head i'm like yes pay it forward i was like or that's just what you do (laughs) or it's just you know being a human being (laughs) like being a good person in relationship with other people in your community right like just totally like we have to name it in order to categorize it and we can categorize it then we can measure it and if we can measure it then we can prove that it's true and it's just like so in a lot of ways, this is why I've resisted like trying to seek like a PhD or ed doc or anything. Cause I'm like, yeah, would not I don't... recommend <laughs> <laughs> as someone doing it. Would yeah. not recommend. Cause I'm just like, it just feels a little phony. Yeah. Like, and, you you know? ha- and it's not even fake. It's like, you have to partition yourself off. I don't yeah. get to be my full self. Right. And I, and it's so it's exhausting. Like a lot of times, like I would rather not hang out with people than have to like go and just be like, yeah, like, like my, I, my least favorite thing is to have intellectual conversations. Like when people want to like debate a topic, Mm. I'm like, "Mm, nope, let's play. Never have I ever. Like we're going (laughs) to, I will automatically resort to like college drinking. Icebreakers. (laughs) Icebreakers. Yes. Because I'm like, that's the only way to not do it. Or it's like, yeah. I watched this TV show and like, well, I read this book and I'm like, well, good, good for you. I don't have it in me to read anything. That's not a required textbook. <laughs> and why would you? I love that. Exactly. I love that you love <laughs> to read. I love that for you in the best way and most sincere way possible. But yeah, like I don't get to talk about like that. I'm eating hot Cheetos and this is just <laughs> me being in public health or that Baja Blast is on the shelves right now i don't have to go to taco bell i can get it at star market aka safeway and (laughs) like i can just i can be a normal person but when i'm in those spaces like what what i wear how i interact with people how i talk i can't talk about my lived experiences because we study them it's not like anecdotes don't work 
I don't get to say like, which is so antithetical to like the community that you grew up in. Yeah. And it's like, I literally study cancer prevention, like cancer prevention, (laughs) now like rural health, health inequities. And for me to be like, I can't talk about access to care when my mom died because we didn't have good health care because she went in late because of all these like sexism and gender and like our family expectations that are deeply rooted in like our culture even though we're a pretty white family but like hegemonic masculinity like we wore we followed like like what we were supposed to do and uh it i don't get to talk about that i just have to like shut it off and then say oh well so-and-so's theory said this and then how it's painful. justifiable and i'm like i don't need to theorize this because like theories are based you know on other it. people's experiences yeah yeah and i know other so ways other of people. knowing yes mm-hmm. it's it's so yeah i find that i find a lot of in this of myself too because you know academia is all about proving 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 and i'm like mm-hmm. to what end and to like there's no end to it like prove it until we haven't proved we've been proven anything but you know i think you know what what I think communities of color, um, indigenous communities, other, other communities is like the story is the way of knowing, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the experience, your lived experience is the way of knowing. It's not about this, like, you know, proof, yeah. proof, proof. And in a lot of ways, like monetize, capitalize all those, yeah. like, you know, all those things. Yeah. So, and it makes me think it's like, because of how I show up into rooms that there's this expectation that, yeah. I'm white and so I need to think white and Mm. I need to produce what other white folks do and like totally buy this whiteness of like this is what we do in academic settings when it's like that that is not how I was raised it's not what I'm comfortable with and it's not and it's like I've learned to be it's like yeah it's like I totally acknowledge that this isn't a hundred percent me and like who I am but it's where I'm from and people who raised me and because I was raised by so many different types of people like that's who I am and it's hard and it's like yeah it takes a a lot of reflection and a lot of time to be like you know am I co-opting this am I not did I get permission did I do this but when I like walk into these rooms I have to like totally acknowledge that people don't don't see that they see me and they see me in a Harvard room and there's this automatic expectation and when mm. I'm very upfront of like, I'm a first gen low income student, I grew up in this area, nobody wants to hear that, because I'm here to produce, mm. and I'm here to produce what they want. And but I'm like, well, like, other students, it's like, that are like, students of color that are black, that are brown, that are indigenous that are coming in, like, even they're not even they look the part and they this is literally what our ancestors and our people this is what we do and they're not allowed to do that either so it's like right like I'm constantly like grappling and it's like super heavy it's like I get to do like I can't do this and that's like not even that's just because there's this expectation due to whiteness but to do that and to constantly be at battle instead of like I'm showing up to the space looking like this and it happens and I watch it happen and and you experience well, it, right? And we'll, yeah, and we'll like call it out when it's for like other mm. students and we'll like support other people and like an undergrad, like working in OMA, like literally the diversity office because it was like the only place I felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, but then going into classrooms where it was like, it just like at ends with each other. It's just so yeah. strange. And it's all, I mean, it's academia. 
and it is it's it, it is what it is and it's it's a strange purgatory isn't it it's just like a it is such a strange middle ground especially when you're coming this... like at it from all these different yeah. ends it's yeah and then it's like yeah. i'm t- tra- in this program like training to be a part of it like it's literally i'm like oh my god yeah. like i love yeah. what i do i love what yeah. i to think about and now yep. i get to like do this stuff that's super meaningful to me and that's the whole reason I did it because I didn't like what these people that were hiring me to do or their ideas I'm like wow you are so narrow in what you think can be possible Mm. like you're not imagining anything new you're just seeing what Mm. is going to be funded and that's great and you can do that and that's job security and that's reality but I'm like I'm poor I grew up poor I'm okay being poor it's not great but it's not the worst Like but you can't but areas. you can't be in a lot of ways you can't be okay being poor in a capitalist society like we're yeah. in, right like that's not going to be okay for your family that's not going to be okay for you but like you know as, as more of these narratives are coming out like poor people are like yeah they want more but they also are like okay you know what i mean yeah. like because there's wealth in other areas right but there's so right. many other things like social capital yeah you can be super super i mean you have so they have rich people have social capital because they can buy it and people want right. to be around rich people right but it's not authentic like <clears throat> i would much rather be surrounded by people who love and care about me and at this point it's like i have this community that if anything were to happen i could reach out to folks and be like i, I genuinely need help like this is what it is and no one's yeah. going to be like mm, she's not going to do anything back it's like no you... like, let me see what i can do yeah 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 totally totally Amazing. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And again, I think, I think there are so, there are fewer and fewer people. Well, maybe not fewer and fewer, but you know, there are few people that have experienced that in the worlds that we inhabit in academia because they're too busy trying to like prove something. I'm like, that's the biggest thing too, around, around um, credentials that you were talking about. I was like, what are you trying to prove and to whom? I'm like, I don't, I don't like, I truly do not understand that yeah like if everyone has as a yeah if everyone has a phd you're not special right like literally all these like any professor i have that like refuses to let us call them by their first name and i'm like seriously as soon as i finish this i'm only using nicknames not even ones that you like (laughs) like i i'm gonna make one up for you because you're the same like it's this weird status thing and i think yeah i totally acknowledge it's a lot of work yes it's a it's a ton of work but it doesn't make me better than anyone because i i chose this i don't think i'm any better than my siblings than which a lot of people are like oh like i'm the youngest but i have siblings that never even went to college that barely graduated high school and are happy and when they take advice from people are healthy and (laughs) like are doing the best that they can and i i love them and i want them to do what they need to do I don't think that they should do I don't think everyone should do this and yeah. like other like my cousin just finished trade school he's a plumber he makes so much money yeah. <laughs> I'm like seriously like you <laughs> and, and then here's me like a gazillion years later still in school <laughs> just hanging in out. Boston in, in an Boston. expensive city yeah but it's yeah, yeah. it just it's, it's like, wild and it it's so I don't like it. It's, it's not sad, 
but it's just a, a very jolting or like yes. why do people accept this and why does it take so long for people I feel like a lot of times I, I meet people and they're like wow I'm so inspired and I can learn so much from you and I'm like the fact that it's taken you this long to meet someone like me says that you mm. have really stuck because it took me getting into a space like this it took other students like me getting yes. into a space like this for you to feel inspired well, and it took your community to actually get you to a place yeah. like that. That's the big thing. That's like such a missing. It's like we're st- we're standing alone. Like this is just yeah. me. No, I've done I'm, this on my and I and never like, like everyone. Yeah, I like, anytime I'm, about, I'm acknowledged, I'm like no, 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 no. This is I am part of a bigger group of people. Oh yeah, this like whenever I finish, hopefully sooner rather than later, and I get to like defend this thing that I have to like <laughs> you make <will>. like. <laughs> everyone it's gonna be live stream it's gonna be every, like anyone i'm gonna pay for like routers for people to be able to log on i'm gonna be talking as lay as possible every, like my everyone's gonna be understanding and i want it to be like yeah. wow there are like at least 100 people here because there's so much more and Over everyone it, understood it yeah yes and at the end it's like i go to these I other people's that. dissertations and then it's like oh they think they're family and it's like it's my favorite part of a dissertation and just because it's like the world that I live in, it, it's so sweet to be like, you know, who got you here? But it's so sad because it's like one slide for your like academic people and then one slide for your friend slash family. And then you call it out and I was like, I'm going to have credits rolling. Like it's going to be lists. <laughs> like my, my preschool teacher on, like every teacher that played a role, whether they were good or bad, they still played a role anyone who has supported me who has picked me up from the airport that has let me stay at the house that has fed me like those people got me here That's and amazing. it doesn't discount them that it's like they're not like contributing this big thing but it's like no you got you got me here i'm not going to tell anyone to come to boston because nobody needs that negativity in their life and <laughs> but like yeah. then i will come back to the res and we'll have a much more affordable and fun party <laughs> with better food with better oh, with much better, better food. food yeah you all don't see this but jen is drinking not your first but one of very few puerto rican beers that you've ever had yeah yeah how's that yeah. going it's very cold which is nice because it is so gross and muggy here. <laughs> I feel like on the, that's one of the things I miss on the West Coast is like the connection to Puerto Rico. Like I feel like in the area that you're in, like there's such a deep like connection to Puerto Rico and yeah. Puerto Ric- the pre- Puerto Rican community here. It's just like. And like there's... Italian. Oh, yes. Like all these things that I'm like, wow. And Irish. Irish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All these things, like actual of ethnicities of white, you know, some white people too, you know. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm like you could have fooled me. I just thought you were white. <laughs> no, it's it's complex on the East Coast for sure. Um, well, but speaking of that, I did want to jump back to India because yeah. India was your jam. It was. <laughs> it was. How did you even think about? You know, you're here. You are. You're from Wapato. You went to mm-hmm. Seattle. You. Yep. You know, you're making your way. How did you make the connection to India? 
Um, well, I knew that I would not be able to afford studying abroad, like from mm. the get go. Like that was just like not a thing because it's yeah. so expensive. Like even if you get the scholarships, like it's unbelievably expensive. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have like a passport or anything. Like I'd never left the country. I'd been on a plane once. Um, so it was very much of like, okay, I'm going to travel. And then yeah. there's like, of course, like the club fairs at the beginning of the year. And there was like Calcutta club and right oh right yeah and like met with these girls that were super super sweet and they had just gotten back and were explaining it and we so my freshman year had been like really thinking about it and then um met my like best friends all through college and later roommates and they were like yeah we're also interested and so like end of freshman year we're like okay let's spend the next year like fundraising um and then we're like yeah and like went through the year kind of like figuring this out should we have gone probably not we had there was no rules we I mean SU paid for majority of my I didn't pay anything to go like I had enough like donations and fundraising and the school gave a big chunk of money um it was just like a super crazy experience like not great like of course it's like rooted in my mother Teresa's organization like has a lot of issues and we saw that firsthand and interacted Mm. with it and like I was able to kind of navigate it in a way um some other girls that went not so much but it was hard um and that was that was a short stint like majority of our trip but we also did some traveling at the end and it was like the first time I had been out of the country and I just went like (laughs) all in (laughs) and fun which is so fun and we were yeah, it was just super fun. And then came back and I was like, okay, cool. Like that was a great experience moving on because all through college, it was like, I am going to do this. And then I was, I wanted to be a therapist <laughs> and I was like, I'll do right. this and finish school and move home. And that was immediately like, I, mm. the plan was always to immediately go back to Yakima and maybe move yeah. out of Wapato to Yakima or to Sila, like one yeah. of the other areas, which was like a huge move. Yeah. Uh, and that's like I needed to be there to help with my family and be near them like I didn't know anything else and no one else had done that so it was like that's what I expected but I just had like a total blast in India and then kind of like it's a nightmare for an an administrator nightmares like it is it is the worst (laughs) I will share now that the Calcutta Club no longer exists at Seattle U sorry for Calcutta Club listeners out there (laughs) it is a nightmare for the administration we 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 supported it because you know students wanted to do it but it was it was like one of the first things that they were like you need to do something about this and I was like what do you want me to do but but the students came back saying that they loved the experience and would fight adamantly for other students to go and like it was really incredible I think it's because it wasn't like people would go and study abroad and it's like the the whole thing is about you Yes. And that doesn't like super align with like what everything else are being taught and that we're that talking was the about argument. at SU. Yep. And it's like, yes. no, this was like one of the times where it was a lot of reflection of like, actually, this mm. is not great. And why yeah. is it not great? Like, what was it about these organizations? Yeah. And going to a Catholic school and then going and working with a Catholic org and being like, wow, there's a lot <laughs> of like, this is really messed up. Like this there's is some not, stuff. Yeah. There's some stuff that they need, they need to work through. And I'm yes. not a part of that. Um, and they, they have a lot of, they can do that. And so like, that was kind of the first time and then came back to 
school kind of got into the more public health realm of things when I did mm. an internship at Fred Hutch yep. and then was had to start thinking about like what am I going to do after I graduate like I don't know and someone like just someone briefly was like what about a Fulbright of course I had no clue what it was <laughs> like who, who am I? I I don't know what this is and then yeah. I like, look it up and I'm like huh you'll just pay me to go somewhere cool <laughs> And then, of course, the, and like, I don't understand because no one did anything and if, like, no one advertises things. So I like email yeah. whatever it was, the, like grants and fellowships office. They're like, well, yeah. you're kind of behind, but we can meet with you. And so I met with them and I was like, well, I've only been to this one country. And that's kind of like, you need to apply to a country that you at least have some knowledge of yeah. and like develop this whole project. And was like, I guess we'll just we'll turn it in and spent like months prepping it and being like, that would be yeah. cool if I go back. But also was like, I'm not going to get this. Let's apply to PhD programs for clinical psych. <laughs> and then me as like a first gen student, I didn't know people studied for the GRE. Like no one told me, I think my right. advisors and stuff just kind of assumed that I knew. And so I went and took it. And I mean, I took it multiple times and even after studying good, bad, cause I just am not good at tests. Yeah. Same. Um, was like, yeah, no, I'll just, I, I'll just vibe. I'll just figure out a job. Like someone's going to hire me somewhere at some point, but then ended up getting Fulbright, which is like so, yeah. so crazy of like, ah, I don't think I really understood what it, yeah. like what it was. Big, and I was like, he, big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. Deal. And I was like, cool. You're going to take me to DC. I like went to Cabo <laughs> with friends after graduation and then came back to Seattle and then immediately got on a plane to DC didn't really unpack my bags that much because it was like, of course, they say business casual, which is wildly different in D.C. On the East Coast. And so yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, like have to go and spend a bunch of money buying fancy people clothes and just to prove that you should be there. Yeah. But you were already there because you I were selected there. to be there. Yeah. And still wearing my Burks. Like they were my new nice ones, my post-graduation Burks. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> And then left to India yeah. and was just there. And wow. um, really, I, mean, I traveled a ton. I learned a new language. And you went back to Calcutta. I went to Delhi this time. Delhi. I did right. go and visit. I did go over. Um, I went to Calcutta just to go and visit because I was like, like, I knew it. And I was like, I'll go and stay yeah. at a very similar yeah. place. I will i stay at like the hostel across the street from the one that I stayed at because I could book the one across the street. I mean, like lane. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I had air conditioning and I could book it ahead of time versus the other one still was like, you show up and either they have a room or not. And oh, um, like went and saw, <laughs> like went to the mother house in Calcutta, which oh, is like, did. I remembered yeah. the exact walk I needed to take. And like a lot of stuff I'm like wow like I like I remembered a lot because I'd spent not that but it was the same routine every day yeah. some of the nuns that were there would still work there and recognized me oh, and wow. like I cool. pretended to be Catholic the whole time I was there and they're like come do rosary like pray the rosary I never knew how to I just sat there with them in the heat with a rosary in my hands and was like sorry no idea you don't, yeah no no idea but like I'll just try. move along yeah I was <laughs> follow like, along yep just go um the yeah. story of catholicism just follow us just we'll follow just tell you we'll yeah, tell you what you need to do <laughs> trust us we know what yeah. we're doing <laughs> God. yeah oh, so well, cool. yeah. yeah for what like a, a year it was just like there and 
met. But you made some yeah. really deep connections there too with super with like some of my like one of people. my really, really good friends. He just had a baby. Like mm. and like I mean the pandemic like ruined everything, but like two of them got married to like over the, mm. the pandemic, so I didn't get to go to their weddings, mm. but they've been married and um one of my really close mentors she like yeah. comes back and forth between the states so I see her but I have really close relationships with her kids and I just put in a grant like they were like oh if you have any projects we'll fund you up to ten thousand dollars to go to India and I immediately like texted my friend or what's after I was like do you have anything can I come and help you is there anything that you think would be really interesting that I could add on and we met and I wrote this grant and like will I get it I don't know but like the door is open I've gone back like my master's is in global health epi so like as soon as given the opportunity I was like I'm planning my own internship I found an organization <laughs> that's I'm right go. yeah yeah went back for another like five months yeah um and I've just kind of like gone back and forth several times I think I've got I mean like at this point like six or seven trips just back and forth and sometimes it's for like yeah. a week um i like your head tilt when you come back that's yeah. my favorite part that that little head tilt it's like it's just for long periods of time or like the rhythm of how i'm talking <laughs> yeah it's like very yeah like there's just enough there that it's like yeah and it's i don't know i think like the it's totally chaotic but once you like understand like there's a, yeah there's a there's a way to navigate it like it, it seems yeah. super chaotic at first and I think the first couple months of like living living there when I went back for Fulbright especially in Delhi like it's rough it's aggressive mm -hmm. like east coast I'm like annoyed because I'm like why are you like this but mm -hmm. it's nothing compared to that but yeah. by the end it's like I was like jumping in and out of autos and like arguing and negotiating and um That's awesome. it was really but it was just a I think it was like the first time that I had been like on my own, on my own, like again, like building community, yeah. but like totally outside of anything yeah. I was familiar of. And yeah. I think when I talk with some of my friends that a lot of times they're just like, you, you never assumed anything. Like you always like just so curious. Mm. I was, and it's the same way. It's like, I think it goes yeah. back to like, people are afraid to ask questions or they're afraid to be wrong or they're afraid to yeah. try things because they think they're going to be looking dumb. But I'm like, no yeah. like that's how you experience things and people don't want to tell you and it's like now it's like I when I hit, get off the plane there it's like I have a plan like I need to go get my fabric I need to go to my tailor I need to go and do this like I have it like all figured out and I'm going to do this and I'm going to eat yeah. here and I'm going to do these things and this I don't know this is it's, it's very yeah. much I don't know why I like hit my stride there of all the places yeah. of all the but, places in the world yeah but it's, it's like so comforting like and it's wild because there's just like so many things I'm like huh about like really of all the places like couldn't it be anything more opposite of where I'm from no connection yeah, yeah. I didn't have Indian friends growing up yeah I didn't have Indian professors in undergrad um mm -hmm. like I wasn't in the business school and that's where everyone was yeah Yep. Um, I was in the psych department. We don't have a big I, Indian community in Seattle. No, like it was just. There is, just, but not in Seattle. It's like on Bellevue. the east side. Yeah. yeah, in Bellevue. But it's not. It's fascinating. Yeah. It was just like, I don't know. But I think that there's a lot of similarities with like Mexican culture. Sure. Even what, and especially with food. Like yeah. things that I'm like, oh, like you have chapati, we have tortillas, you eat a lot of yep. beans we, and rice, and we eat beans and rice. There's a lot of dipping. 
a lot of dipping, spicy, yep. <laughs> lots yeah, of spicy. color, very yeah. loud, lots of big families, joint families. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things I could actually relate to mm-hmm. with people there. And I was like sharing this just like shared, not the same culture by any means, yeah. but shared in a way of like, we could talk about it and I could compare and contrast and be like, I mm. totally understand where you're coming from. Like, it yeah. wasn't weird to me that so, like for other friends or other people that I did Fulbright with it was like oh like some of their colleagues were mid late 20s still living with their families because they weren't married and I was like if I had the chance to be living at home no problem no rent zero rent that's fine <laughs> I'll do that someone cooking for me like I have oh my god some responsibility that alone jeez yeah like just very different I remember it's like I had given a I gave a talk at in one of the SU like master's classes or one mm. of the courses in like the master's of psych and someone made the like asked this question like do you think like where you grew up and how you like navigated so yeah. many different types of people makes it so you can jump in and out of these places in a way that's like not uncomfortable and I'm like huh like yeah. very strong and even now I'm like yeah totally like had I not yeah. grown up lower SES in Mm -hmm. a super rural area very different not very many resources having like a not super great lived experience but having people who cared for me um people thinking that we're not competent because of where we're from even though we're like better at most of the things than most people um like there's a lot like a personal color to me (laughs) (laughs) like at least contextually around you your environment (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like like oh yeah like it, it mm. makes sense but yeah I don't know it, it's just yeah. fun like nothing makes sense and yeah. you can't you can't take yourself super seriously like some of the things like I was so late to a meeting once because I like like traffic's always bad but then it's like oh no there was construction and the construction site had an elephant and the elephant oh. was in the middle of the street and I was like mm. so I'm like on this call in my car I'm like so sorry um construction elephant and like totally understand just get here when you can get here and it became like a total normal thing and it's like so cool yeah like super cool and I'm like oh yeah that was that was my life that's what I did yeah and then you go back to Wapato and you're like this is where I am and then you're I like yeah I'm in like, the midwest and you're like what the heck is this <laughs> yeah of all the places I'm like just so not that I need like a lot of excitement, but like some, you need some, yeah. It's not football. (laughs) Should we name this school in the last few minutes here? I feel like we have to say something, but I don't want to say it. (laughs) You don't say go. You don't say go blue. I do not. I don't either. Do not leaders and best. (laughs) but did you find did you find a level of family at that institution in the midwest i found a few people people um yeah not many i think that was really it was also hard because it was two years yeah it was such a short stint and then it was like at the end but like i didn't get to go to like we didn't have graduation it kind of just like ended Mm -hmm. because of covid Right. But we, I was like finishing a degree in Epi and it was like, okay, you finished all your classes. Now you know what to do. I'm kind of just like. In a pandemic. 
Yeah. And <laughs> All I, like, the things started, that you studied. <laughs> yeah. And I started like working on a study calling recovered COVID patients and was like learning about That's right. long COVID. Oh, yeah, like all this stuff, that. like yeah. very, very, so it was like very real of like, this is what it mm-hmm. is. And I was by mm-hmm. myself, just me and Maple and um, like classmates kind of like took off and it was, it was very, very strange. And also just like a very yeah. different experience, like super competitive, like not mm. a lot of like care for other people. And I, I was working so much. Like I was working two RA jobs. I was helping teach a class yeah. I was, because I was paying out of pocket right. and I had to pay rent and I had to pay all these things. I was taking out the least amount of loans possible, even though I had like a big, like I had a 50% scholarship. Yeah, like that's still still a, lot. a lot. And yeah. it was a huge investment of like, if I do this, like I'm going to go straight into a PhD program and then hope that the NIH will pay those bad boys off for me at some point. And it's just, yeah, it was wild that I would say that that like Harvard's been really hard to, to make friends and build community, but I think everyone's kind of older and in this like mindset of, and kind Mm. of like acknowledges it that we had to like give up a lot of who we are to just kind of make it through, like put your head down, get done. And then you can resume, which I don't agree with. I think that obviously needs a total rehaul. Of, course. Um, of how we do it but that's... like many of our systems do oh yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like the least of people's words like oh school's hard i'm like yeah but also oh, other, so... other systems <laughs> that need to... like, this is like keep it here because it's a select few like where right. yeah um but it's just like very there was it was wild it was a it was yeah. a really 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 hard time and to yeah. just pick up and move from a place that like Seattle, like Seattle's home. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wapato's home, but like Seattle is where I like learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I like you had a lot these, of people. Yeah. A lot. A, you have a lot of people here. A lot of people and people that yeah. I like care so deeply about. And well, like people like at the beginning of the pandemic, like Deanne making <laughs> masks and then mails right. me some and she's yeah. just like i'm your proud asian aunt like you have done it <laughs> like you're going to she, i was like at eli's like birthday zoom party like told her she's like what are you doing next i'm like i'm going to harvard and she's just like we're just chatting the whole time everything's going on <laughs> and she's like oh my god all the things what? are happening and yeah like people just being like being like you sent me masks you want me to be safe yeah you want like so you're sweet. sending me these things like you sent me Juanita's chips when I was living there because yeah. you knew I needed those. And well, everybody needs those, but you definitely those. need those. But the, like, the, the very West Coast, the, the Caribbean area that I keep my keys on is a campus ministry one you sent me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so like, even currently, and people are like, what are you, what is that? I'm like, Seattle you campus ministry. I'm like limited edition. Not everyone has one of these. <laughs> the drop. You were there for the drop. I was there for the drop. Like all these like weird <laughs> things that I'm just like, yeah, I have it. Cause people give them to me. They care about me. Yeah. And like there. Well, and now, when you, when you grow up, when you, where you grew up, like those things like take on so like a deeper meaning than, right. Cause yeah. it's not just about like, we, we come you know, like it, at schools, we, we, we have things and we can give them away, but when it comes from with, with this other context, I think it's, yeah, it's so important. I kind of went the opposite way because my parents were so like hyper, my, my mom, especially who I was close to, like was so hyper vigilant about like money and this and that. And that's that I sort of was like, when I have it, I'm just going to try to enjoy it because it came with such a heavy cost to her. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, 
my <laughs> I feel like the only way that I can really offset that is by trying to enjoy it a little bit and not just be run by it or over consumed by it. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I get it. I get it. Like I it's so hard. If I have a sentimental connection to something, like it's so hard for me to be like, yep, oh I'm God, just gonna so give sense. that away. But also it's like <laughs> I get all the dumps like these packages and like I remember opening that box and it's like okay yep i have these two bags of like crunchy gold goodness so greasy the oil is coming out yep i'm like no one is eating these unless i give permission yep and then i'm like opening i'm like there's all these like weird things that i'm like i know birdie just walked around his office and grabbed things or he like went down the campus ministry and was like, "Hey, Andrew Anderson, I'm t- hey, Tammy, I, I I'm specifically t- got that carabiner. I remember yeah. talking to you about that. And I'm like, yeah. So there's things that I'm like, oh, people went out like dancing yeah. these things. I'm like, yeah. So I have a Hello Kitty mask and I have one with lemons on it. And <laughs> just like people or like other people's like parents sending like my other really good friend's mom sent me masks too because I was like, I asked if she could send one. She sent me like fifteen. But there's like these yeah. things. It's like it's not I was never asking for like money I was never asking for yeah. things and it, yeah. it was things that are so like total nonsense and really funny but I'm like yeah these people genuinely care about me other I had someone yeah. else that was like on that Juanita is sending me stuff Angela who was like a high school camp counselor <laughs> and I still like check in with her and chat with her and she also she's also Filipino so there's, there's a trend here. Sending me chips. <laughs> we're great. And we're a great community just, of people. <laughs> yes, we're great, great people. Hold. Um, but it's just like these little things that I'm like, would would people do that for me here? Like would yeah. someone, like yeah. someone that I work for just gave Important. me a plant. Yeah. Like someone that yeah. I work here, she was like, like, she's like, I have a clipping. I'm going to give this to you. And I was like, I will give you one too. And now we trade mm. plants. But I was like, that is that like, I'm being thought about. Yeah. It's really important. Or someone else, so we were cool. studying for our big exam. Someone, we were playing this like study game. And one of it was like, there was personal questions in with like our staff questions. And one of the questions mm. that he got was like, how do you show love? And how do you like to receive love? Yeah. And he had just brought us iced coffee. So he's like, I'm going to go get us iced coffee. Let's take a break. Um and so we're like mm. sitting there and like sucking down this iced coffee, like trying to get as much caffeine as possible. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I show love by buying people coffee. And I'm oh. like, oh, what? Instant, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I, and it was just so, like, it's totally normal thing. Like, you buy people coffee, but it was like, no, it's like how he shows love. And like, we don't talk about that. And there's so few people yeah. here that have done that like virtually zero at Michigan a few like even really close friends I had like there was maybe uh, there's one that I stay in contact with of all the people from there some like staff members of the the department always went to the staff members hanging out with them but just like facts uh just like (laughs) very very different I don't know I'm just Mm. like it's weird and it's just like had I gone a different route like I probably went the most difficult way for someone who loves community so much and loves yes. being a part of gonna say, sharing and being in community places. with others and then to go to big universities and to go down a like career path that is so lonely and isolating like no matter mm. what even if you're working with others 
mm. and you're saying that your work is about others and for others and with others, like it is only about you. It is about what you produce. It is yep. about what you do. And it's hard because yep. those are not things that I value. Yeah. And I have to, mm. because that's like what I'm measured on. Yeah. But there's ways that Oof. I can like push back on it and like argue, but it sounds like you do. Yeah. Sounds Ugh. like you do just by being there, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, just by being there. Just by asking questions, like, can you repeat that? I'm like <laughs> having my Zoom camera on, God forbid, someone's. Oh my me. gosh. Totally. Well, we're almost out of time, but I would be remiss if I did not talk about our dogs. Oh, of course. I mean, Maple is your family. Maple, Maple's my family. Maple's everyone's family. She's like Lots of people's of family. Yes. Yeah. Maple she, is. She is the best. She's the best in the, not the worst way possible. It's just in the weirdest way. Like she's such a peculiar dog in yep. the best way possible that's she's the like best her, that's the best way to describe like, her yes she is she's perfect in but not in like a dog sense and not in the dog sense yeah and she's very much an extension of me like we complement each other so yes well. she's yes. just as weird she yes. she yeah. has specific needs she knows what those are she yep. will pursue she will push back yeah she will say this is what i'm doing no apologies yeah. I love that so, about her. I, she's almost like, she's almost like not even like a cat, like just not a dog. Yeah. She has some, she loves cats. So I think she's learned some of it from it, but she's not agile. No. She's, she's a, no, no. A thick little <laughs> like barrel with legs. Like she's just there. She, yes, there to party. Yes. she went to all my parties in college. So she was there to party. Now she's here. She's studying. She's still recovering. She's still recovering from those days. Yeah. All those times that I've like just left her to go and live in India and I come back and then she's like, are you, are you staying here this time? Yeah. She's like, just a couple questions before we jet setter. She's going on more planes (laughs) than my grandma. That's right. She's been across the country. Yeah. She's flown to Michigan. She's, she drove from Michigan to Boston with me. She's flown from Boston to Seattle. She's got a whole life. She's got a whole life of her own, but she is, she is like, she is so like your, like your Robin to you as Batman. You know what I mean? Like Like she's just that close and when there's always like at graduations like parents with like newborns will like carry yeah. the baby across the stage yeah. like i'm carrying maple are you gonna do that i have brought it up with my advisor and because she's also like maple comes to all my advising meetings she like walks up her little stairs she sits on the bed and i've brought it up but i'm like imagine her in a tiny graduation cap i was and gonna everyone, say like, like full robes i want i wouldn't yeah. even see just a cap like she needs full robes yeah in the like crimson has- harvard color <laughs> think about that yeah like someone out to. there is going to make that happen like it has to because she deserves this just as much as i do she has more phds than we can even imagine yeah <laughs> just like sybil i mean sybil sybil is just like sybil who is just here she's just sybil she's just in charge Sybil is in charge, but she's like tired about it. Yeah. That's what I think they both are. They both, that's yeah. the commonality. They're just like, I, I can run this whole thing, but I'm too tired. 
Yeah, but so I'm just someone, that's rest. someone else's job. Like, uh, you yeah. take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll they, be over. They, they I'll meet? be over here. I don't think I don't they think, ever met. No, because no, they they would honestly not be bothered. They'd just be like, "Cool." They'd be like, "One one in this corner, the other in this corner. We're fine." Yeah. I mean, I feel like Maple would just like not give a crap about Sybil, which is like Sybil's best version of a dog. She's like, yeah. just leave unless me alone. Like, unless Sybil came here because the area of Boston I live in and Austin, it's the nickname is Rat City. Oh. So yes. then they would be on it. Like Maple's on it. Like we go into the yard, they're gone. She's fine. So yeah. Sybil also, she would know she would be on it. They would oh my be God, on she would, patrol. She would love that. She would definitely catch them. She's still fast for a 10-year-old. She's Maple was never that fast, and she's I mean, she's nine, she'll be 10 she'll try, year. she can try. Mm-hmm. No, Sybil's fast, like, if she's she's got like red eyes, like, when she smells something, she's like, I'm gonna kill that thing. She's definitely a hound in that way. So, anyway, I, I love your dog, I love, I love her, I love her and you together because I think you two are just <laughs> like Laverne and Shirley, like, you're just yeah. like. With this is just who we are. It's this fine. Is, yeah, this, this is, is it. it. Like, like <laughs> you can't have just one of us. <laughs> like you always have to have both. Yes, yes, it's a, a match made in heaven, mm-hmm. if you believe in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, this was really fun. It was, it was really fun, fun to to um, talk with you and to connect with you on so many things. I found like more connections. Than mm-hmm. I thought we had, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So just appreciate it. And just thanks for, it. I was really late coming to this. So I just, <laughs> I'm glad you got a margarita. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, well, I made it and I didn't measure anything. Cause I'm just like, I can eyeball That's this as if, as if I'm a bartender and I do this often. I never drink ever. And I was like, <laughs> it's hot. It's summertime. I had a long it's work time. <laughs> It's Stranger Things and all these things. I'm like, I gotta oh emotionally gosh. prepare for all these things. And it's hot. And it's hot. And it's hot there. Yeah. You and got like, you, you need every, all of that. Yeah. And like just everything just existing these days. I needed a margarita. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Well, I miss you and I'm really glad that we had this chance. And thanks for being flexible with me. But yeah, this has been a really great conversation. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Of course. I, fi- <laughs> I finally get to add to the gems. Yeah, you're in the gems. And also, you know, go to the Harvard website and search oh, Jen Cruz. And you will no. find you will find You'll find out that I'm from Wapato and you'll find out that I do care. Represent. I mean, shout yeah. out to Wapato. Shout out to Wapato. Shout out to Wapato. I've only driven through there. I haven't actually been there. So That's maybe on you. someday. You can go to the Filipino hall. You go on a Thursday, go to the Filipino hall, 10 out of 10. You can go get tacos across the tracks at Nanoa. 11 Dairy out of 10. Queen, Dairy Queen, 10 out of 10. Oh my God, Dairy Queen. Wolf Den, you want a flavored red? Honestly, where I grew up is like the same thing as like Pawnee in the Parks mm. and Rec. Yeah. And then all the, and then all the other towns <laughs> around us are Eagleton and just hate us because we're like gross Pawnee. That's exactly what it was growing up. Cause we also have like, do you want a Red Bull? Do you want a Red Bull with extra sugar syrup in it and some fruit for health? <laughs> oh my God. Do I still drink them every time I go home? Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. You have right. to. That's it's on the, the thing. res. The thing. 
All right. Well, there we go. There's the uh, there's the end of the episode. <laughs> it's great. It <laughs> a pleasure. I'll add this pleasure. to my. I'll put this at the top of my CV. Put this <laughs> <laughs> guest speaker on yes. podcast. That's so. media. Getting myself out media. there. Media. Yes. <laughs> Listen to how much how much critique I have about education <laughs> and how much i love this like tiny tiny gross little town you know represent Re- represent it that's exactly. what you got to do yeah, yeah. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced on Coast Salish land in Seattle, Washington. I want to take a moment to acknowledge the past, present, and future of these important Indigenous communities. Learn from our past, believe the truth, help where you can. You can learn more about Finding Family on my website at findingfamily.buzzsprout.com or on Instagram at findingfamilypodcast. I'm always looking for folks to interview. So if you're listening and you're interested, please email me at findingfamilypodcasts, that's with an S, at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram. Music was composed, performed, and produced by Jung Garahi Guapo. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for listening in.